the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Well, Rachel, we have to do an emergency podcast uh, in the end of August because some big news happened. Nothing has happened. There's actually been nothing going on on Twitter in the last. Some big news happened, Rachel. And and the number one thing here is Austin Matthews signed. It's it's funny. He signs extension four years, three thirteen point two five million dollars per which, funny enough, is the exact same deal that an NBA role player called Grant Williams signed this offseason. Um, <laughs> I've never so, heard of him. Exactly. Um, I was chatting with my dad, and actually, funny enough, and, and Ryan Kennedy yesterday, but I was chatting with my dad because we have coffee every every Friday. And he was like, yeah, so, like, you're, you know, you're back at work now because, you know, you took the two weeks off, and you're, and, like, not only that, but, like, training camps are opening up in, like, a month. And I'm like, yeah, you know. I have no idea what it's going to be like this year because we've heard nothing on the Matthews contract front. And last year he wasn't even eligible to sign an extension. And it was pandemonium at media day to open up Leafs training camps where everyone was asking about his extension and he wasn't even eligible to sign one. He wasn't eligible for another 10 months. Exactly. And yet, and it was and, the biggest storyline. I actually don't understand. <laughs> and I remember, like, and I will say, like, I, I asked him about it myself, you know, like, because you just, you want to, you want to get some quotes. You want to talk. It's it's what, so draws the numbers. So you got to do it. Um, and I was thinking, like, and I was just talking to him and I, and I was like, man, not Matthew's my dad. I was like, man, I have no idea what it's going to be like this year. Like, it will be a pandemonium. It will be the biggest distraction ever. And yet, here we are. Literally like four, five days later, extensions in. It's four years. Um, Thirteen point two five million. Yeah, I I I like it. I would just like to pour one out for all of those media people who will remain unnamed that said he was bolting to play in a college arena in Arizona next summer. Listen, I like Greg. Decidedly Wyshynski. not happening. I like Greg Wyshynski, but there is a tweet of his. Um, oh no! That has been going doing the rounds. Where it is, the tweet is, you know, when when uh, when Austin Matthews and Connor Bedard are on the same power play unit in in the new state of the art Tempe uh, Arena, you know, in 2026, I'm gonna remember this tweet. And it was a quote tweet of like the the Coyotes have like 25 million dollars on LTIR right now. He went 0 for three in that tweet. So right, <laughs> 0 you know, for three. We, Although I think we would all agree that we'd all prefer if Bedard was in Arizona as opposed to where he is. Yeah, that's really a Sophie's choice though. Like do, would you rather, you know, like subject, you know, a potential like would you rather have him play for the devil incarnate or would you rather have him waste his entire prime in the middle of the desert in a community rink? Like it's it's tough. It's a real Sophie's choice there. But anyway, Austin Matthews. Um Look, man, I'm going to write about it tomorrow, but I feel like people should stop overthinking this deal because the amount of of uh, uh, of like hand wringing over the term on Twitter about this was nuts. Is, um, it, yeah. So the appropriate percentage of cap for a superstar player of this caliber 
is around 15%, which is effectively what this deal is going to be when it kicks in. I'm seeing a lot of hand-wringing specifically, oh, he's making more than McKinnon. And I understand why that's the comparison that's being made. I also think it's really dumb because statistically, Nathan McKinnon was nowhere near what Austin Matthews was when he signed his his contract. Like, not the same. He has a Stanley Cup, and that's fantastic. You also don't pay your players in the playoffs, so it doesn't actually matter. Austin Matthews has a heart trophy. Nathan McKinnon does not. Austin Matthews has multiple rockets. Nathan McKinnon doesn't have one. So at the end of the day, statistically speaking, Austin Matthews deserves more than Nathan McKinnon. And you can say what you want about a Stanley Cup, but a Stanley Cup has no bearing on a cap situation. Like, I'm sorry. I think that's a ridiculous argument. And it's the same way I think about it as, oh, you have to pay players more because they want a Stanley Cup. That's equally stupid. Actually, that's even more dumb. And so I think... From that perspective, Austin Matthews gets a four-year term. I honestly don't think I would have been comfortable with anything longer than six years. Like, I would not have been comfortable with a seven- or eight-year deal if I were the Leafs because his. we know, athletically speaking, that your prime basically ends at 32. And Austin Matthews has had injury trouble. Like, let's not forget about that. And so conceivably for a player who plays the way he does with the injury history that he has, it's conceivable to think that he has a significant drop off in his age 32 or 33 season. You don't want to be paying somebody that much money at that point in their career. So I'm actually okay with the fact that they locked him up through his age 30 season and then can make a decision from there. I think that was pretty smart. Obviously you want it to be a little bit less than 13 to five, but I think in the grand scheme of things, it's not really going to matter. I uh, I think Matthews was going to be worth this deal, even if he does fall off a little bit in his age 32 season, just because of the way that you're hoping the cap will go up. Like if he were to sign, you know, 13.25 or even 13.5, you know, like over an eight year deal or whatever, by the time he gets to 32, like the, hopefully the cap is in the 90, 92, you know, like hopefully it's raised like by at least 10 million. So that percentage goes down, it becomes far less, worrisome if he's you know because last year think about it like he like he he was a he was extremely banged up pretty much all of last year and especially in the playoffs and he still finished with uh he still finished with with well over a point per game like and, and he and still 40 scored goals <laughs> he was injured and scored 40 goals there exactly. were how many like i saw somebody compare austin matthews to tage thompson today and i was like that is way out of line Tage Thompson is a fantastic hockey player. Under no circumstances are we having a conversation about Tage Thompson being a better hockey player than Austin Matthews. Like, you must have fallen and bumped your head if you think that's the case. I think Tage Thompson is a star. He is not considered to be an elite goal scorer in this league. That is... Re- that Maybe not yet, you know. When it, but- if you don't have a 50-goal season, you don't... Like, there is no discussion about it. So David Pasternak, Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Miko Rantanen. That's that's the list. Like that, those are your elite goal scorers. There's five of them. And might other players get there? Yeah, they might. But until how many other players in the NHL where you can just slam dunk? They're going to score forty goals in pen. They're scoring forty, not mm, maybe 
in Austin Matthews case, you can put in pen 40 goals and in pencil, you can put 60 question mark. That's the type of conversation you're having. And there's really only one other player that you could do that for. And that's McDavid when it comes to goal scoring, which is the premier issue in the league right now. Now, Austin Matthews has shown he's not in Connor McDavid's echelon. Nobody is, quite frankly. But he's worth 13-2-5. I mean, Donald Shishin had him at 16-7. I wouldn't pay him that. But if Austin Matthews went in there and said, I'm worth 16, how are you arguing that? You're not really. I was expecting this to be like 15 in the way that he was able to get, uh, you know, at least 13.25. Look, it's a good deal, okay? Learn to enjoy things is what I'd have to say to Lisa. Also, like, insider Austin, question mark? Okay, so here's here's the <laughs> worst part about this is I get tipped off, like, frantically, like, Matthew's extension incoming. Like, tweet it now. It's going to, like, like quick if you want to be first. I'm like, hell yeah. So I do that. Only and then And then I'm on the phone with Rachel after to, like, to, to basically be like, all right, like, do you know anything? Like, whatever. And like anything else. Any further and and um, we're going to make you say this on the record. Yeah. Did I give you anything? No. And Rachel didn't give me a single thing. She never does. But I always, <laughs> I always call just in case. And, and uh, uh, little, to, and then my, my, like I tweet notifications and I, in my fervor, I hadn't checked it. And I looked and Matthews had beat me by like a minute. And I was like, no, <laughs> I was so excited. I was so excited. I'm like, holy smokes. This is like a massive, like, this is massive. This is huge. And the guy himself beat me to it. I love that. Usually what you'll hear is like Elliot will tweet it yeah. or Pierre or CJ, depending on which source gives, gives it to them. But the fact that they actually let a star player, like a superstar elite player, tweet it out i think is fantastic it blew up it was immediately trending within 35 seconds mm -hmm. i happened to be watching espn and it came across the ticker like that's how big it is when you let athletes do that kind of thing it's a big deal like even when clayton keller tweeted the sad emoji with the Arizona Coyotes deal. Like, yeah. that's a big deal when players do this kind of thing. And so for Matthews to tweet out and break the news of his extension before any insider is just a mwah. It's It's pretty wild. Also, I, I bet that that was part of the negotiations. Like, yeah, I'll sign the seal. I also want to be able to announce it. So don't you be telling anyone. So don't leak it. Don't do anything. And, and honestly, good for him, man. That's awesome. I love, like, the thing about Matthews is he wants to control... You know, like his future, he wants to control his financial future, he wants to control his brand, his image. This is a big part of that. And I think that's really cool. Um, also, don't be remotely surprised if next season or this season, whatever it is, a bunch of deals from a sponsorship perspective get announced. Thinking like Scotiabank and either one of Bell or Rogers and maybe Pizza Pizza. Basically, if they sponsor the Leafs or MLSE in any capacity... That's a thing that happens all over pro sports. Usually, if you have a deal, um, the easiest one I can think of is like Adidas partially owns Bayern Munich. Um, and every single German player on Bayern Munich has an Adidas sponsorship deal. So Bell and Rogers own the Toronto Maple Leafs. If you don't think that one of them is going to sign Austin Matthews and the other one's going to get Morgan Riley and xyz uh that's exactly what's gonna happen absolutely well this is look this is a very good deal
and now it uh, it obviously is makes it, him the highest paid player in the league. Is it tidy business, Mike? Would you say? I'd say it's some tidy business. And look, good good on Bradtree Living, man. Like he comes in, it's his first summer, and his first summer he has to inherit extensions for Matthews and Nylander. You know. Hot Brad summer. Well, he said this is the second hot Brad summer in a row. Hopefully, for the Leafs' sake, it goes better than his last one. Um, well, it's already off to a better start. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but it's like good on him for getting it done. And now we shift to to William Nylander. He's the next domino to fall, and you know, good on him as well. Is, is that he? He's the chillest guy in the world coming out he actually and- is he was walking his obviously he's in the european uh media tour right now but like a month or so ago i was walking through yorkville i'm not even gonna get into why i was there but william nylander is the type of guy who legitimately was out shirtless in yorkville walking his dog and zero people recognized him except for me because I've seen him a bunch of times and I just like quietly said something. So nobody really noticed, but this guy is a superstar on the Toronto Maple Leafs and is shirtless walking his dog, like not a care in the world. It's wild. He goes on the 30 on the 32 thoughts podcast. And it's just like, yeah, I got one more year left. I like Toronto. I don't know why it's such a big deal. Like I'm not in a rush. (laughs) Meanwhile, like thousands of hours of, of, uh, you know, on air talk radio is being devoted to his exact contract. Uh, negotiation and status and whatnot over the summer. And he's just like, you know, eating prosciutto on a beach in Tuscany or whatever. And then, and, and then he there goes no on. The, in Tuscany. Well, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not rich enough to know that. And then, but then he, and then, and then he goes on like the biggest podcast in the sport on the rights holder podcast and goes like, yeah, man, like, why is everyone freaking out? I got a whole year. It's like, it's like when my parents, would get really, really, really mad at me for like not. They'd be like, "Don't you have a project due like tomorrow?" And I'm like, "Yeah." So like, haven't you started it? Well, no, no. Like it's due tomorrow, and it's not tomorrow yet. So like, I'm just gonna go watch Batman the Animated Series, and you guys can get off my back. That's basically what Nylander did. You know what's so funny too is I'm seeing a lot of people bring up the Johnny Gaudreau comparison. Are of, are people? Yeah, Johnny Gaudreau said, "Oh, I want to remain in Calgary." And then obviously he walked. The difference being with William Nylander, and I'm not saying he's going to stay in Toronto, but I am going to point out that when he was an RFA and it was December 1st, which was the deadline, the only reason that contract got done is because William Nylander said, get it done. I want to play for them. So when he says, I want to be a Leaf, I think he should be given at least some credit for, hey, maybe we can take this guy at 60 or 70% of his word because he's already done that before. He's already said, I want to be a Leaf. And when push came to shove, it was him that said, get it done. And he ended up signing at a discount. And so I think he does deserve the benefit of the doubt here. And hopefully Matthew's signing will quell a lot of the anxiety in Leafs Nation because at least now you know You've got him and you've got Morgan Riley signed for time, time. Although when Nylander inevitably signs, like it's going to be probably $10 million and people are going to like have aneurysms about it. If it's 10 million, first of all, I think that that is too much, but if it's $10 million, it better be an eight year deal. Well, I think this is 
where I think Nylander deserves slack and um, another Toronto star does not. Um, Nylander was the only one who took a discount on his second contract. 6-9 for William Nylander was a discount the day it was signed. 6-9 for William Nylander, uh, yeah, I guess I, yeah. I guess so. So if, if you, let's say William Nylander, ideally you want to pay him 9-9-2-5. Ideally. Yes, it should be. But, but if you have to pay him 10 because you should have paid him 8 on his second deal, and you know the cap is just going to like... I think you can manage that. But if 16 walks in and is like, I want the Austin Matthews deal, he can, as far as I'm concerned, walk right back out. Yeah. Um, I think Marner and Nylander need to be in the same neighborhood. That'll never happen. Mitch Marner th- Mitch Marner is already ready to ask for a 13.26. <laughs> no, he's going to ask for 13.93 because numbers. <laughs> I we're gonna post the look that Mike just gave me. I if put it this way, if we were in the same room right now, he might have stabbed me. Not not you. I'm not taking out my <laughs> not taking out my 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 frustration on you. Like again, I, I don't want this to be too much of a rambling conversation here, but it is like look, Austin Matthews didn't re- didn't really take a discount here. Mitch Marner. When you score sixty goals a year, you don't have to. <laughs> Mitch Marner definitely didn't take a discount on his deal. Mm. William Nylander did somewhat. Like like six point nine at the time was right around. He you know maybe it was By like year two. It was yeah. a discount. Yes, you I don't know. know I don't know about took what? discounts though. Who? Morgan Riley. Oh yeah, and and that's that's also a thing that I'm I'm hearing. All, or I'm seeing at least all over Twitter today in the aftermath of this. It's like, thank God for Morgan Riley. The guy constantly if, took discounts, ta- constantly signed for max term. If anybody but Morgan Riley gets the captaincy when Tavares leaves, whoever makes that de- decision should immediately lose their job. Like, right away. It's a fireable offense. Well, you want to talk about... When- yeah, well, leaves. because he's going to retire before any of these guys is sort of what I mean. I'm assuming Tavares retires in Maple Leaf because I think he's going to be one of those guys that's like, I like it here and I'm just going to, you know, go off into the sunset type of thing. Mm-hmm. Giving the captaincy to anybody but Morgan Riley after all he's done for the organization, drafted, constantly taking discounts, constantly the community ambassador, constantly the one in front of the media answering the questions, constantly and most importantly the best performer in the playoffs when it matters if you stitch that c on any other jersey save for Connor mcdavid bumping his head and signing with the leaves you deserve to lose your job yeah absolutely and look i at the end of the day the matthews contract extension is only going to get better when the salary cap goes up um it's going to be great and so it's four years you will now the toronto Maple Leafs will now have had austin matthews for his entire 20s by the time this contract yeah. is done. Um, and honestly, if you have a generational player like that for his entire 20s, you should win a Stanley Cup in that time. So it only heightens like getting like getting that player signed to this deal only heightens the expectations now. But it also like I have a fun hypothetical for you. What? Okay. It's a surprise. It's not in the prep because I didn't want you to think about it. Okay. I don't usually think about anything, so. Okay, that's that's cool. 
Okay. All right. So Matt Sundin is the league's all-time goal-scoring leader. He has 420 goals. Austin Matthews has 299. He is 121 goals behind Matt Sundin for the Leafs' all-time record. Yeah. I think we can safely say that that record is probably going to get broken. It's a matter of when at this point, because we can all assume Matthews is going to score more than 500 goals. Um, he's also, it depends on what Marner does, obviously, because Marner piles up the assists but mm-hmm. it's conceivable to think that if matthews finishes out his contract in toronto he owns the leafs goal scoring record by a wide margin and he may own the points record which i mean at that point your number goes in the rafters but is he top three leaf of all time at that point because i think if he wins a cup yeah. he's number one going away but you have to win a cup to pass Dave, Dave Keon, in my opinion. He's already like a top three Leaf of all time, I think, or like at least top five. Like, oh, he's top five. But is he? I to, I don't think he's ahead of Sundin yet. I don't have him ahead of Sundin. No, yet. no, no. And and he look, fen- absolutely phenomenal hockey player. Like, just you know, talent wise, he's the most talented player to ever play for the Leafs with 100% without yeah. a doubt, but Matthew, uh, but, but Matt Sundin, like there were conference finals trips. There yeah. were, you know, like, and it's funny how that's the bar, but there, there were, um, Wait, and like, Keon has a, has cups. So Keon that's has cups. Johnny Bauer has cups. Oh, you know, I, I miss him. Stuff like mm. that. I miss him too. Like it's, you know, so, but I believe Austin Matthews needs to average like 89 points a year to, have the points record by the time this contract is is up like have it comfortably doable to be fair he hasn't he's he's exceeded 89 points once which was the 106.60 goal year but i mean that's the only year he's been fully healthy though so it's like exactly if he can remain healthy it's conceivable i think the goal scoring record is mm, two or three seasons from being broken he could have two 60-goal seasons, and thanks for coming. I think yeah, realistically, it, we're looking at two and a half seasons. It'll be like two and a third, probably. It'll He'll 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 get it in like December. Yeah, like kind of, of Christmas. Thir- of the third year. Yeah. Um, yeah, so look, I, I think people need to stop overthinking this. The Leafs have their franchise face uh, signed for the next, uh, throughout his entire 20s now, uh, for the next four years. It's one you and last I will thing be that- 31 when oh, this contract geez. expires. No, thank you. No, uh, will one of us... Oh, here's a fun one. Will one of us be married by the time that contract expires? Uh, it, The real question Neither is... Neither one you, of us is going to have children, but will one of us be married? I'm saying, will you be married by the time that? Because I'm, I know I won't. Well, what if... I, will you have married my sister by then? <laughs> it's up to her. Well, to she's... Say. She's in Japan right now. She's probably sleeping. So either way. Wake her up. Wake her up. Let us us know what you think. What happens first? One of us gets married. Matthew's contract expires. We'll both be 31. So let's see. Let's see what people think. Um, All right. On top of that, uh, uh, it's our next. It's our next topic here, Rachel. Um, And it's like we need to say before we go into this. Mm a trigger warning for sexual violence, any victims of sexual harassment, assault, anything like that. Trigger warning 
And obviously we want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. So if you think that this conversation may trigger you, please feel free to turn it off because we don't want to harm you in any way, but this is important to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So Logan Mayu, um, the somehow the first round pick of the uh, Montreal Canadiens from 2021, was it? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's been he's been signed off, uh, uh, approved to eventually play in the NHL if and when he ever makes that um, by the league. Uh, look, it's okay. So a couple of things. Okay, hit me. Um. The NHL hasn't put out a statement. Neither have the Montreal Canadiens. That's true. So right now, it's a rumor. Because this is something where I wonder if it was leaked and the NHL is going to be like, um, maybe not. You never know. It hasn't been announced by Montreal and it hasn't been announced by the league. And so it can always change. And um, maybe it should. But here's the thing. Kent Hughes has been lauded for what he's done with Montreal because I think, generally speaking, he's done a fantastic job. He's really invested in development. He's invested in analytics. He's gone about rebuilding the right way. He's used the salary cap to his sort of strength, right? Whether it's Kirby Doc or whoever Mm -hmm. else. He's got one giant misstep, though. And to me and to a lot of other people that I've spoken to behind the scenes – Kent Hughes had an opportunity to really send a message and to either renounce the pick or to just not sign Logan Mayu. And that is an option. If it's a first-round pick, I believe you get a compensatory draft pick as well. So they would have gotten a compensatory pick because he was, for some ridiculous reason, a first-round pick that didn't sign. So all Kent Hughes had to do was just not sign him which was an option. First round picks don't get signed like that happens. And he could have rid himself of a previous regime's very obvious mistake. And he didn't do that. And I think that's a misstep. Do you think he can help your organization? I, to me, I, I don't, I'm not really interested in that because you don't know yet. And defensemen take quite a while to develop unless their name's like Kale McCarr. Um, and this was a misstep and it, is it worth the headache at this point? Like, what is the reaction going to be if this kid ever plays? It just... I mean, at some point... They, he's not... Yeah, like, he, it, we're not... This is not a superstar player. This is a fringe prospect. And by the way, if you've watched more than two games worth, he looks fantastic in the OHL because he's a better skater than everyone. When you put him in a situation where he actually has to think the game. I don't understand. Like, th- like this has been mishandled at pretty much every turn now by both management groups. Like, there have been two management groups. And like you said, one had the opportunity to kind of wash their hands of it, go about their, go about their business and be free and send a message and and sort of like create a new era and now that like this will follow him around for the rest of his career like you will never escape this in the especially in the year in the age of social media where receipts never go away like and here's the thing like everyone can say yes you know he made a bad mistake he did this he did that like whatever he's the victim has said many times that he's shown real no real serious remorse he basically had to be demand like demanded to to ever issue an apology um and her. she didn't feel it was sincere. And the thing is, is 
I am aware that he's done a lot of work and good. I mean, that's sort of the bare minimum there. But at the end of the day, if you cannot issue an apology that is sincere enough where the victim is like, listen, I don't forgive you, but at least I feel like you meant that from your heart. If I were the OHL, the NHL, my first phone call is that. It's to and her. If, yeah, if she doesn't feel that it's been sincere, then I'm sorry, but you don't get to play. I'm really hoping the NHL reached out and they absolutely aren't getting the benefit out of the doubt on that subject because they've clearly shown they don't deserve that. But a couple of things I think we need to lay out. He's highly unlikely to play in the NHL this year. I don't think Martin St. Louis wants that headache with the culture he's building. Mm -hmm. But this paves the way for him to play in the AHL. However, the AHL is still allowed to suspend him. They can do whatever they want. And the AHL has not said he's allowed to play yet. That's a key piece in all of this. Secondly, we have people bending over backwards to give this guy a chance. And Josh Hosang got run out of the league for quote-unquote attitude issues which basically meant he was late for meetings and i mean people are talking about character issues and oh this guy's a a locker room cancer mike um is being late for a meeting worse than breaking the law or did i miss something there regardless First of all, yeah, being late for a meeting is not worse than, than breaking the law. It's also like you have to look at the the actual crime that took place. And like when you do something like that, when you share some you, when you share intimate footage uh, um, without someone's consent like that, that is that is a form of assault. So Sweden doesn't have a Young Offenders Act like Canada does. And the Young Offenders Act in Canada has a lot of positives, but it has a lot of negatives. As in, like, you can kill a cop if you're a young offender and no one will ever know your name, which I think is not good. Um, You can, yeah, you basically is carte blanche and nobody will ever know. So... But Sweden doesn't have that. So his name is out there. And it's you don't get to retroactively apply a Canadian piece of law to something that didn't happen in Canada. He was convicted. Mark Dumont's breakdown, I encourage everyone to read. It was really well researched and really well laid out, really well done. Um, he was convicted in a Swedish court of defamation and offensive photography in Sweden that is considered a sex crime. It is not considered a crime of sexual violence in Canada. It is considered a sex crime in Canada. They are different because one is violent and one is not. So he shared, like you said, explicit non-consensual photos with his teammates in Sweden. In no way am I ever going to equate what Logan Mayu did as being nearly as bad as sexual assault, rape, similar to the Hockey Canada situation, like, that is not the case here. It is considered a sex crime. It is not a violent sexual crime. And it is different. However, I think you and I agree, it's a privilege, not a right, to play in the NHL and Mm -hmm. make money playing professional hockey. And this type of behavior, violent or otherwise, 
should mean you lose that privilege. I'm not saying you have to go work at a grocery store for the rest of your life, but you sure as heck shouldn't be able to play for the Montreal Canadiens either. It's just very upsetting. It's very disappointing. And I know we shouldn't keep being disappointed, but I feel like if we stop hold, like if we stop expecting institutions like the NHL to act with decency, um, then we risk sort of living with apathy. And I think that's just not a great way to live. Um, no, it's a terrible way to live. It's awful. Exactly. So I can say that I am disappointed in, in this decision. Um, this isn't even a Mitchell Miller situation where Mitchell Miller is, was like, you know, like he has the, like, you know, like uh, just as a hockey player, he is much better. He was, he, you know, he, he, he won, won the award in the USHL, he won the USHL like player of the year. And, and because he scored like twice as many points as any other defenseman in the league, like, and, and even, and, and on top of that too, like it was, what he did was violent, but it wasn't, you know, like a sexual assault, like what he did. Uh, um, and yet, yeah, what they both, let's be clear. You and I are on the same page. Neither one of them should be allowed to play in the NHL. A hundred percent ever. And, and look what happened like, when the, like, the, like the, the Habs are setting themselves up for a Mitchell Miller type PR disaster. They've had every opportunity handed to them to wash their hands of this kid. And instead they, they are now barreling towards a PR disaster in two languages in two languages and it's 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 just it's needless i don't understand why 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 a team like this would kick itself in the balls i also am wondering i've asked somebody who is far more educated on this subject than i and when i get this answer i will share it a lot of times if you are convicted of a crime you're not allowed to cross the border without Mm -hmm. like special paperwork situation all of that so I think it's conceivable. Like I could, I could see Mayu being allowed to cross the border, Canada, the U S kind of thing. But if Montreal, who is a premier NHL team is playing in a global series, uh, imagine not being allowed to bring a player because of his criminal past. Like that should weigh on you. And even though, even the fact that you have to apply for paperwork for him to just travel to the u.s is that should be a red flag it really should and i think at the end of the day i mean we just need to expect better and the one thing i am fully expecting and we should all be expecting is if logan mayu truly is cleared to play by the nhl they owe the their fans an explanation as to why in the same way that if they would have allowed Mitchell Miller to play, they would have owed fans the exact same explanation, because I think it's important for the league to have fans understand the investigation that they went through, what allowed them to arrive, arrive at the decision and why they believe this kid deserves to play in their league. Yeah, it's very, you're right. The, the point, the, uh, the point that you said of the fact that we've seen no official announcement from the, uh, from the Habs or the league is, is very interesting. And, I think that this should like, you know, if or when this is finalized, there should be answers to this. Transparency like should, is key here. For as as much as the Bruins handled the Mitchell Miller situation in the worst absolute way possible from a PR perspective, um, at least they took questions. At least they sat down. It was over Zoom. At least they sat down and took questions. Um, and Kent Hughes 
and possibly Marty St. Louis if he's in this, or Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon are going to have to sit in front of cameras, hopefully, when this comes out, and they will have to be asked, you know, like, why they think this guy deserves this. I'm why, also why... interested to see, like, remember Pat- what Patrice Bergeron and Nick Foligno and Brad Marchand said? Yeah, like, I was that's... in the locker room. Yeah, they said like, it that to was... my face. That, we knew the Bruins had... The players were really very pissed. strong leadership core. Like, we knew that. We've known that. Patrice Bergeron is basically the captain of captains i do wonder i mean poor nick suzuki is younger than us and is probably going to be expected to answer for this i'm curious to see what some of the other veterans have to say i want to know um what a guy like joel edmondson has to say i want to know what josh anderson has to say i want to know what brendan gallagher has to say i want to know what carrie price he father of multiple daughters has to say about this because very similar like carrie price kind of strikes me similar to nick felino and that he takes a bit of a bigger lens in terms of society two things and i wonder if carrie price might be the one even though he's not playing to say I'm not okay with this or either way. I'm just interested to see how Montreal's leadership core handles it versus how the Bruins handled Mitchell Miller. I think that'll be really telling. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've said our piece, Rachel, this is our emergency podcast. So I think we've reached a good spot. I am going to go make some spaghetti and then fall asleep. Um, So I'm going to do that. You, uh, I'm going to go hang out with my dogs absolutely you go hang out with your dogs um and uh we will be back sometime in the near future because uh stuff is starting up again so stuff is starting up and we've got stuff planned and it's gonna be the damn best um yeah we will see you soon with more player interviews we got a couple more guys coming on enjoy yourselves